Hello, and welcome to Sustainable Compliance. This is the live show where compliance professionals get together weekly to learn, share, and grow. And, well, just a bit of housekeeping uh, before we get started here. So it's a weekly show, live on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. CEST. And we'll send out an email once per week with the follow-ups from the uh, latest events and the themes of the upcoming one. Please turn on your camera. We'd really like to see you and feel that we're actually also talking to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always great. Um, but yeah, we'll record the first part of the show to be shared on our podcast. It's only the sound that'll be used, so don't worry about anything else. So it's a good idea to be here because we'll show some things also on slides and different things like that. If you have a question, please don't hesitate to write it in the chat and we'll get to them from top to bottom. We'll see if we can get through all of them. We hope so. So in our latest episode, we discussed the five trends of sustainable compliance. And well, the trends that we're seeing that are affecting this podcast. And we got a question from a listener that goes something like this. How do we compliance professionals get better at working with the rest of the organization? Thank you, Benjamin. This really is a question that I get fairly often from compliance professionals. Um, So how do we get better at working with the rest of the organization? And I think really that this is very much what sustainable compliance is about. It's one of the, it's one of the trends that we, that we see, we call it going from, from centralized authority, so being a, a centralized legal, legally based authority that, that kind of do cases to become a company-wide um, collaboration of um, of sorts, and that's that's a very that, that's the that's one of the sort of the main trends that we that we see, and I'd like to sort of frame this discussion of how do we how do we get there and why is it important um, by by showing you, can you see my screen, uh, Benjamin? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. Um, you can't on the podcast, but I'll link to the um, to this um, to this slide. It's it's basically a model of the thing we have to do in compliance. Um, so so there's basically three things or, or three parts of compliance that we need to make sure that we can do. The first one is that we need to be able to, we call it capture, but we need to be able to identify and capture new things happening that challenges our compliance structure, our privacy uh, program or our information security uh, program. And it can be new laws. That's kind of the thing in, in, in many countries around the world. This is what is happening right now. New laws are being impl- implemented. But that's only like one thing that we need to be able to capture. We also need to be able to um, capture whenever a new system is being introduced. When somebody is onboarding or buying a new, a new, a new IT system in the uh, organization, or when somebody chooses to, to um, change how they do things in marketing or HR, we need to be able to, to capture that and make sure that we identify when it, when it happens so that we can get in um, early in the, uh, in the process. That's the first thing. We need to be able to capture it. 
then when we've captured something new, we have to be able to process it as quickly as possible. So whenever a new system, let's take that as an example, when that comes into, when, when, when a new system is, is on the way into the organization, um, there's things that we need to do in Europe, for instance, we need to, to make a, a description of what is the legal basis for, for the processing we're doing here. Um, we need to, uh, to make sure that, that we know how to uh, audit the vendor at a later point. So, so there's a lot of things that we need to, to do um, to sort of process this new information into our privacy program. And the last thing we need to do is to retain it. So basically, whenever a new system comes in, there are things that we need to do in the years to come. We need to renegotiate. We need to uh, audit the vendor. We need to make sure that that we're still processing information in the same way. We need to um, make new risk assessments, so on and so forth. So basically, we need to do these um, three things. And that's the that's sort of the basis and and... and and reason why I think it's so important that we um, that we work together, so that so that it becomes a joint thing. Um, and I'd like to I'd like to um, to sort of illustrate why that is important with a little with a little story that I grabbed from um, from somebody else. I'll tell you who in a minute. Um, and it's, it's basically from another point of view. So this is not from the point of view of privacy professionals. But, but let's assume that we're in an organization where somebody is having an idea that we should develop uh, an application for our product that makes it easier for people to share photos, for instance. Then we'll have a lot of developers uh, working on that. We'll have maybe some business people going into how how should this be how should this be done how should we market it once it's ready, lots and lots of skilled, very very capable people, good at coding, good at business, good at um, how to set up processes um, around this, and they'll be focusing very much on things like making it easy to log on. To, to the system. Maybe maybe they want to use Facebook login or Google login just because that's easier. They would they would be focusing, maybe the business people would be focusing on the fact that it should be easy to find your friends. So how about downloading uh, all the contacts from your phone into our app? Um, also, they want to make it easy to share information. And this is not, I mean, from a privacy perspective, and from an information security perspective, I know that a lot of us will sort of have a, a weird feeling in our stomach when I say things like, we'll just use Google login or we'll just download all the friends. But it's not really, it's not strange that the business people and the coders would want to do that. And this is actually, this is, um, this is an example that I got from, from a book that I'm reading at the moment called Industry Unbound, where a lawyer called... Um, Ari Waltman um, has been sort of field on a field work within the tech industry where he's been interviewing a lot of these people, a lot of the coders and, and stuff on how the industry actually uh, does privacy. And, and the funny thing is that 
in, in one of the chapters here, he's interviewing a lot of people around the organization on a photo app that they're working on. That's why I had that as, a, as a, an example. And the thing is that the thing that most of them say to him is, privacy, um, I think that's somebody else's job. And, and this is really what we are up against, I think, in, in privacy, especially if we are a centralized authority, the fact that everybody else will think it's somebody else's job. And, and I think that's, that's an issue. That's a big issue with a lot of people because it means that you don't, as a privacy professional, you don't get the information you need from your organization. Basically, if people don't think when they're onboarding a new system, when they're developing a new system, if, if, they don't, if they don't think about privacy, they won't involve you and you won't get on board. So you don't get the information. I think most privacy professionals has had somebody knock on their door and pop their head in going, uh, we, uh, we, we got this new system down in uh, marketing. Uh, we signed the contract and it's, it, it's really working well. Could you uh, have a look at it? And that's just too late in the, in the process really to make any real changes. So that's the first reason. You don't get the information you need from your organization if you're not working collaboratively. The second one is that you will experience a knowledge gap. So if you get the information, um, if you get on board um, a project, um, there's a lot of things that you know. You know a lot about privacy, about privacy laws, about information security, but you'll need the input from your organization, from, from, the, from the people who work in the business. You'll need their input um, to make sure that what you do is right. Otherwise, you'll just be making sort of superficial um, papers, paperwork and, and um, ticking boxes. So, so you, you, you need to get information from, from those uh, people to sort of bridge the, uh, the knowledge gap so that, that you're actually making real data protection and not just uh, paperwork. Um, the third thing you'll experience if you don't make it collaborative is that you'll struggle to get the message out. So basically, I was talking about people saying, hey, um, privacy, I think that's somebody else's job. That's, that's, an, that's really, if people say that, you'll know that you're not able to, uh, to get the message out. And, um, and, and if you're not able to get the message out, you'll, you'll uh, make mistakes, basically. The fourth um, thing you probably experience if you're not working together is that you'll have sort of key person, a key person vulnerability. So, so if, if, if there's only one privacy professional who is, um, who's working with, with this, um, he or she will, will basically be indispensable. So, so if you're, if she will have all the knowledge and that's um that's a big that's a big no no and the the fifth one is 
Um, but if you're not, if you're if you're centrally set up and you're not working together, you'll get buried in um, in administration, in administrative work, and spend all your time on basically retaining the things that you're doing instead of instead of um, instead of capturing new things and 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 processing uh, new information. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, is that something you guys out there um, recognize? Yeah, please um, also uh, write in the chat if you if you have a if you have any questions to this or or if you can uh, r recognize some of these things. <laughs> relate. Uh, please just write. <laughs> yeah, yeah, relate. Yeah. So um, well, well, while you're writing, um, this um. I'm curious to hear that this sounds like a a quite a few like pains or problems that that you face as a um, compliance professional. So um, yeah, I'm I'm curious also to hear about uh, the this solution here um, because I know we've talked a lot about this and yeah and, uh, yeah. So so basically, the solution is um, going from being a centralized authority to company-wide collaboration. But that's, I mean, that's sort of the superficial uh, trend. Um, and I think there are actually, I think there are two things that you need to, that you probably need to do. And the first one is, is the one I, ca I call it, um, I call it compliance officers and compliance operators. Um, I see a lot of uh, companies at the moment, working with some sort of hybrid setup in their um, privacy compliance. So basically, having people who are very capable and knowledgeable about the law and, and, and privacy um, central, and then working with people in the business um, who are also doing privacy as a part of their of their work, either as what what, what some call ambassadors, um, or as as um, as real sort of um, working uh, people. And what I think is is the central thing here is that you should have a central um, function of people that I call compliance officers. So people who know about privacy, people who are responsible for setting the uh, privacy strategy or the information security strategy. So people who are working on sort of setting the, the boundaries for the, uh, for the strategy, they are also the ones who should follow uh, the develop developments in the demands from various stakeholders. So, so basically they're the ones surveilling new developments in the law, but also, um, constantly looking for whether or not um, our, our, um, our suppliers or, or the ones we supply to, um, if they have new demands on us, if our customers uh, have new demands on us or, or other um, stakeholders. So, so constantly looking for the um, expectations from various stakeholders. They're also the ones um, responsible in, in my book for processing new legal requirements, new customer uh, demands. So basically getting that into the, uh, to the system. 
Um, they're also the ones who should decide on the workflows and systems around uh, compliance. I very much believe that, that a central part of uh, compliance is something that I am personally not very good at, but hopefully somebody else is, being systematic about things. So we have some core workflows, like auditing vendors, that's a, that's a workflow. Um, risk assessing uh, things is a workflow. Onboarding new systems, that's a workflow. And all of these workflows should be, should be thought out and they should be uh, the responsibility of the centralized um, function of, of, um, of uh, compliance officers. And the fourth or fifth thing that they should be responsible for is getting a buy-in from, from management. So basically that, in my book, is sort of the core responsibilities of, of, the, um, of the compliance officers, those who would normally be called um, chief privacy officers or um, something along those lines. Um, they will be the ones working all day with privacy. Then you also, in my book, needs a, a sort of a distributed uh, function of compliance operators people who know the business, in the business, so somebody in marketing, somebody in HR, somebody in whatever kind of business um, you're in, they, they are responsible for other things, like they could, they share responsibility for specific processing activities. So, so there's a processing activity um, and, and, and it has to do with marketing, so it's sort of the responsibility of somebody in marketing to make sure this is constantly kept up to date, make sure that when things change, they, they are the ones who initiate that something is happening. They're also, they could also share responsibility for vendor assessment so, um, and, and auditing vendors. It could either be done by them or they could provide information um, when you do your uh, vendor assessments. Um, also, these people share responsibility for awareness training within their part of the organization and for sort of security. So basically, I think that the solution to this is that some sort of hybrid um, setup with, with privacy knowledgeable um, compliance officers and operators who, who do something else. That's one part of the solution. Do you, do, do, is there, are there any questions for this? part of the solution, Benjamin. Well, um, yeah, and if you have any questions, please write them in the chat. Well, one question that that, that I have here is, is um, I like the idea of, of having officers and operators, but uh, at some, in some sense, you, you'll need to get people involved, um, get, get operators involved or create operators in your company. Now, if you have a marketing department or a um, or, or another department, um, and and you say here's some extra work for you, um, how, how do you uh, well how, how do you motivate them to to work with privacy in this way? Well, two things. One, the first the first is that that it shouldn't be sort of um, it shouldn't be it, it should probably be part of the 
part of the strategy and part of the, the fact that management is bought in that 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 is probably not people that you should sort of go out into the business and find at the water cooler and going hey c- could you could you do this for me on your on your spare time um, so I, I think it should be part of it should be part of the strategy that we have people out there that's that's one thing the other thing is that obviously you need to be able to um, to motivate people to do something else and I think that actually I see quite a lot of people in different lines of work who is sort of um, tagging on to privacy as a new thing so so people who are specialized in marketing and and now they they also do privacy um, or HR and privacy or something else and privacy and I think that's that's probably the way to motivate people to make sure to, say, to tell them that hey this is actually an opportunity for a career development that you will become uh, worth more in the job market because now you can do not only marketing but you can do marketing and, and privacy and the intersection there um, so I think that's that's one of the motivators um, anyway the personal one and the second one is I actually think that a lot of people ha- are from a societal point of view are worried about um, infringements on, on, on privacy and they're worried about their own privacy and they really want to protect the privacy of other people. And I think that's, that's a motivation um, as well. But I think you should, we should, it should definitely be part of a, part of a strategy to have these operators um, so that it's part of the job and so that they don't have like 150% work instead of, that. so they should, maybe should, stick to 110 like everybody else um, um, and then I think we should find those most motivated um, to who can see this as a as career development or as something they would actually like to do for um, for other people thank you um, yeah th- thank you for um, um, answering the question here and yeah, I like I like the approach with the uh, the multiple steps there. In in my mind, it's it's clearer too. Now, yeah, Jakob, mm. we did get um, a question. Let me see here. We got a question. Yeah, <clears throat> from Reynolds uh, Darkwa. Um, so. I hope I'm pronouncing your your name right here, and um, maybe um, uh, Reynolds, uh, w- would you um, like to uh, to um, um, uh, ask your question here live? It's about where. Um, so the question goes something like this: How do you handle situations where all the structures uh, we are discussing are in place, but the privacy culture in itself is not in existence? And as such, uh, all the other people uh, feel data privacy issues are the sole responsibilities of DPO. That, Reynolds, uh, did, did I get that uh, right <laughs> or or, uh, or what? That is such a good question. So. 
That is such a good question, and and actually a segue to to the second point I was uh, I would I was trying to make. Hi. Oh, sorry. Hello. Hello. Yes. So um, I am speaking from an African um, perspective, where data protection and then privacy in itself is quite new mm. in the environment, and then. Um, most organizations are trying to, because of the fluid nature of the regulations and other things that are coming up, um, most organizations are trying to comply with what the Lord says. And so, yes, you may have all these structures in place. You may have champions um, in various divisions or departments that um, you would want them to enforce or champion data privacy issues within their department. However, the champions that you have in the various um, departments also have other obligations that they are doing. I mean, they are sole obligations that they are doing. And the data privacy issues more like uh, would be an add-on. So they see issues related to data privacy as um, the responsibility of the DPO. So the DPO should 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 take that responsibility and do it. And as we were discussing, that um, you can't, as a DPO, you can also um, put together the strategy and everything, make the environment compliant with, to data protection regulations without people. Mm. And so, how do you just oppose the two? Because at one point, people feel that you are the so responsible. I mean, everything should come up to you. You should lead and do all the other things. Yeah. However, from your angle, you also need the people to push the, the privacy culture within the environment. Mm -hmm. So how do you um, look at these despairing um, issues? It's a really, really good uh, question. And, and um, I think in, in, in Europe, we're, we're probably... Uh, some years, not many, but but some years ahead of of, um, of some African countries on this, uh, in, in in the sense that we've had the we've had privacy laws for for longer. However, however, I don't think it has been solved in Europe either. Um, but I but I, I think it has to do with the fact that we're we have to we have to, I think we have to educate. Um, we have to educate the entire organization. Um, in in many countries, um, we have like privacy awareness training, and it's, and, and it's 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 basically. And I think a lot of organizations have that both in both in in Europe with the GDPR, where it's almost something we have to do, but also in other countries, where where in other organizations where the way this is done. And I think we need to go further than just awareness. Um, I think we need to, um, I need as as privacy professionals. I, th I think we need to educate on on basically on two things. We need to um, we need to educate on why privacy is important. So basically, we we to to get people motivated. And I think there are several reasons why people get motivated um and 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 those are some of them i i talked about earlier so one being that it's 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 something that could develop my career and the other is that we're actually we f we feel with other people so so we're basically we're we're trying to 
to help other people, and 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 that's a motivation for for some as well. Um, so we need to do that. That's the the first thing I think we do, and the and the other one is I think I don't think there is any way around actually training people on what is personal information, what is um, and 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 what is uh, what what is the sort of the legal framework um, around this. I think awareness is not enough. Um, we need to we need to do a lot of 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 education within our organization, not only getting buy-in from management, but getting buy-in from everybody in the um, in the organization. And I think it's a it's something that we should sort of band together as a as a compliance privacy compliance community to uh, to 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 do and really really educate uh, people on this and I think it's a it's something that is probably long term but I, I really think we I really think we need to do it otherwise we'll we'll still be getting privacy is somebody else's job privacy is somebody else's problem it's not something I do um, so 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 I think it's um I, th I don't I think it's it's hard work. Basically, uh, and it's such a it's such a great question. Um, unfortunately, I haven't found the sort of uh, golden nuggets to uh, to solve it once and for all. I think it's it's a matter of really digging into um, educating and and, um, and 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 constantly training people on it um, and making sure they know that this is this is important. Um, and, and, and I know that, that I, I speak to a lot of, of people from, from various African countries and, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's newer um, in, in some places in, in, um, in Africa than in Europe. However, it's, it's not, it's by far done in Europe. Um, and so, so it's, uh, I think it's something we need to set aside the next 10 years for. 10 years. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Reynolds, uh, thank you uh, an awful lot for for asking the question. I think it was a really good one, and and uh, thank you, Jakob.